This episode of the Behind the Wall podcast is brought to you by Dano's. Dano seasoning is all natural, low sodium, and tastes great on everything. Chicken, beef, fish, pork, pizza, and even Bloody Marys. Get your bottles today at danoseasoning.com and use our code behind the wall at checkout. Rain, mud, dust, damage, and triumph. All these can describe the historic weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. On this week's episode of the Behind the Wall podcast, we break down all the action in Bristol along with our thoughts on the single-file restarts. In addition to that, we debate which NASCAR track we would turn into a dirt event and give our power rankings. We've got all that and more. It's the Behind the Wall podcast. Let's roll. Hey, this is Steve Everett, and you're listening to my song, Fake It, available everywhere. Now let's get to the show. This is the Behind the Wall podcast brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. I promise they're not drunk. And welcome back to the Behind the Wall podcast. Thank you, Steve. It's just me and Josh this week. I don't know where the other two went. They're probably taking a shower, maybe. I mean, it's a pretty dirty weekend, but I mean, they were, they were watching at home. Josh, you were there in person covering the race for Speedway Digest. I just got to ask, first cup race in 51 years on the dirt how how cool was it to be there it was really cool so i get there and like five minutes before practice i was running late got stuck in some traffic behind the truckers on 81 you probably know what i'm talking about and uh i was just pumped the whole ride there and i walk in and when you walk into bristol it's like walking into or it's not like any other track you walk in it's a whole it's a stadium and uh like they say, the last great Coliseum. So just like being at Bristol is always something special. But being there for one of the biggest events that we've had in the Cup Series probably ever, just the hype built around it. Dirt on Bristol, one of the biggest tracks or biggest name tracks. It was just it's super cool to be there. It's super special. That I got to be a part of it and to just be there in person, see all the dust fly. See, like you said, Cup Series back on track or back on dirt for the first time in 51 years. It was awesome to see. And then they announced that we're coming back here in 2022 and beyond. So I'm really excited to see what they can take from this race and build into different ones, because I think this event can be very special if everything falls right. I think the rain kind of threw a big wrench in it. But overall, I think this race needs to be at night. But there's a lot you can you can learn from this race. And I'm excited to go back there next year. Would you say it threw a good wrench in the plans? I think it did because it opens the door for more dirt races here in the future. Because now you have road courses. Super well, did, speed. Did you get my did you get my joke? No. No, good wrench. Like BF Good Wrench? Uh Dale Earnhardt joke. It is oh, my, my joke. Goodness. Okay. Serious question though. So you said you're pumped on the way down there. We haven't I haven't debriefed with you on your experience, but what kind of music were you listening to on the way down there that, that was getting you pumped up for the race? I kind of like mix it up. You can't listen to the same thing the whole five hours or else you're just going to drive yourself crazy. But a little uh, bit of Luke Combs, uh, a lot of Morgan Wallen, big Riley Green fan, so got to throw yes. him in there. But overall, just newer, newerish country, Co Wetzel, Tyler Childers, a mm. bunch of those guys. I'm really big on them, so 
a little bit of that, and then a little pop to mix it up in like the middle of it. Some Calvin Harris. Duh. I don't even know who it was, but I did listen to some behind the wall podcasts from last week and it was really good. I liked hearing my own voice and just being able to hear us talk about it. I had to make sure my hot takes were right. I ended up being wrong. Spire Motorsports and Rick Ware Racing did not finish near the top <laughs> 10 at all. But <laughs> here we are. I got was, another week for hot takes. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the wreck fest early on in the cup race. But before we get to that, let's talk about trucks. Uh, well, actually, let's just go ahead and start with practice. Uh, I was I was fired up for practice. It was cool to see the cars on track, especially the cup cars, because we've seen we've seen trucks on dirt in the past. So I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go ahead and just start it with truck. I mean, a uh, cup series on the on the dirt. That was fun. It was interesting to see uh, them get out there and they, they spun around a lot. I mean, you had Martin Tricks, who was just not having a he was straight up not having a good time. And man, that how, how that changed with the truck race, but I thought it was really interesting to see them get on track. And I'm glad they did because who knows what would have happened if they'd gone blind into the race, uh, if they didn't have any practice, but what were your thoughts about practice and do you think it truly helped? And, uh, do you think the experience with, I guess the, uh, a total hour 40 on the track, do you think that truly helped getting people's nerves calmed down and whatnot? I'd say it probably helped more for the truck series guys than the cup or more for the cup series guys than the truck guys, just because it was very dusty, very dry. And it obviously happened before the rain did this weekend. So by the time the cup series guys got on track, it already had a truck race on it in the actual race. It had a truck series race on it and it was more similar to the track that they got in practice. The truck guys came there and it was a dry track. They go on it and have it, but then when they go on for the race, it's fresh after 13 straight hours of rain, storms, and all that that came through the Tennessee area, so I'm just glad to have practice back. It was really cool to see practice and what was going to be qualifying with the heat races, so hopefully we see it back in the future, but I like practice. It kind of gave a preview of what we're going to see in the race. And there were a lot of wrecks and there was definitely a lot of wrecks in both the cup series and truck series events this weekend. Yeah. Overall, I, you know, I actually wasn't too impressed with the truck race. I thought it was, it was okay. It had its bright moments, but I mean, I mean, that's how I feel just about with every race. Doesn't matter what track it's on. If we see one guy out there dominating the entire time, we saw it with Truex, which was very surprising since he started the weekend off just, straight like I said straight just not having a good time but he he went out there he dominated uh on the other hand cup race I thought was a lot more exciting you had first of all you had Rex in the beginning we talked about it last week about how we miss having the Rex where it's multiple cars and you know it, it throws a, like you said or I guess not necessarily on this but it throws a wrench in the plans of people especially DraftKings lineups when you have uh two of the favorites get caught up in some chaos early on with uh Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson but I was I was impressed with the way they put the cars back together it was it was a weird weekend it was it really was with how they how they uh officiate I, I want to say officiated but how they ran the cup race with not having live pit stops every time there's a caution it just it felt weird but on the other hand I thought we were kind of we were, it was on an uphill climb throughout the entire cup race. 
the excitement was building. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if the leader was going to spin out and then take out two or three other cards with him. But I think that it kind of apexed once they decided to take away the regular restarts that are the two-by-two and switch it to a single-file restart. We saw that in iRacing last year when they were doing the Pro Invitational. But I I just – I can't get behind – doing the single file restarts. I understand that there were a lot of cautions. It was taking, it was taking a lot of time to, uh, get racing again, but you know, the race would have been so much better there at the end. If we had, if we had the regular restarts, I think I, I truly think that Ricky Stenhouse jr. Would have taken home the checkered flag. If, uh, if we would have had the restarts. And I, I just think at the end of the day, it's, it's as exciting as it is. It was really hard to pass the leader on that track. And whether it's because, there was truly only one ish, one and a half lines to race on, or what? I I think that you've got to find a way to to make it a multi groove track because we see it at Eldora where there's a low line and a high line, and we didn't see that on Sunday or I guess Monday. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think from just talking to a bunch of people, the race was too long, and not time length but lap length. We look at features for. A Friday night sprint car race, you're looking at 30, 40, maybe 50 laps. On Sunday or Monday, we ran 250 laps on for the cup race and 150 laps for the truck race. That's 400 laps on a dirt track that normal dirt tracks don't even get near that amount on like a full weekend. So I think the race was too long. I like spending my whole Sundays watching racing, but at the end of the day, if you want to put on a dirt race, you're going to have to do it the right way. And I think the reason there was only one line is because people are just going to the same thing every time. And it's the track gets worn out. We see it. It's more evident in dirt racing than it is in uh, pavement racing because in pavement racing, you see the rubber, but in dirt, you see the rubber being laid down, dirt being thrown up and you can see actual line form. So I think, I don't know what we can do to change besides maybe go to a real dirt track which I want to see a dirt track back on the schedule, and we're going to Bristol next year. Could we see two dirt tracks? I don't know. But I think the racing overall was pretty good. I didn't like the single-file restarts like like you said. It kind of ruined the vibe of the race. Even though there were a lot of wrecks, all they had to do was red flag it for a little bit, water down the track a lot, and just do some track work, then go back out there. You could put on a show for that final stage. Instead, we got a bunch of single-file, and a lot of people were saying, old Bristol-esque racing and uh, the bottom lane being dominant. So if we could have got the high line working, I think it could have been a lot more interesting, but we had to settle for the bottom line working and Denny Hamlin not going for a bump and run with two laps yeah. to go. That was that, that move surprised me, but like I'm going off of what you were saying. I felt the same way with the last, the last stage of the race. Once they switched to the single file restarts at that point, we we're running regular Bristol except we're on dirt and it's slower and there's an absurd amount of dust that we had one line of racing. You got to They, they sat there and they, they made it, they made it or they hyped it up a bunch that side by side racing. We're going to see top line, low line, yada, yada, yada. I mean, obviously you're not going to know until you end up racing on it. Cause all, I mean, it's just speculation at that point, but it was, it was a normal Bristol race in the, in the final. Actually, I would say it's more boring than a normal Bristol race because we're single file. I mean, that just totally took away the excitement from the dirt race because it was chaotic. And I think that 
I, I really I really disagree with them moving it to a uh, to single file. That's that was not the not a good move because I mean th- they get strung out anyways after a lap and a half or so. So basically, you're like, okay, let's just go and start in this follow the leader type deal, and you know through the pack we'll have a couple people racing each other hard, but for the most part, the cameras were on, uh, the Fox cameras were on the lead, and you didn't see much. You just saw follow the leader. So restarts, as we say multiple times on this podcast, restarts are the most or one of the most exciting things about this sport. So, I mean, just because the, the restarts are always crazy and we dislike the follow the leader type stuff that we see all the time. So they, they, they essentially took away restarts and started, they would restart the races in this follow the leader type crap and it was impossible to pass. But whether that's because I'm not a big dirt guy, I'll go ahead and say now, I have no idea how to race on the dirt. I don't know how to prepare a dirt track, but just me using my zero common sense and me assessing the situation. I just don't know if you could, if you, if, if Bristol's a two line track on the dirt, especially in the bankings. I mean, I I don't know if you can keep moisture up there, uh, but it, it, I just don't ever seeing, I, I don't, I don't see there's, I don't see that there's a way to have, a two groove racetrack, except for right after a stage break when they water the track. I'm really interested to see the World of Outlaws uh, sprint cars race there here in a couple weeks to see what the track is capable of because the sprint cars love to run the outside and you're over there, like technically, or putting it on the cushion. And the track really didn't develop a cushion. They were talking about the dirt being different than what we see at a typical dirt track. So it's not piling up and kind of giving you a hill. And if you jump it, you're going straight into the wall. We never got that. And I think that's one of the reasons that the high line wasn't coming in. We couldn't get the cushion. So many people were running the bottom that it was throwing up dirt, getting into the high line. And instead of the high line coming in, it just got worse and worse with the more and more loose dirt on it. But I like dirt. I'm interested to see and watch more of it because I think it's really cool. And uh, you see a lot of, Big name drivers come from there. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott's dipping in it, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell. But we're mentioning all these dirt road ringers, and Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson, two favorites for the race, took each other out. I think that incident right there was the reason Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell didn't win the race. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the race, there was a second line coming in, and there was a lot of passing. The first 100 laps of the race were phenomenal. And yeah. There was tons of passing. The first 50 laps, I wish that was just like a race in itself because there was, like I said, two lines racing, high line was coming in, bottom line was coming in, and Larson and Bell were fun to watch. And I wish we could have had that throughout the whole race, but it's just something that you can use next year to learn learn more about dirt and try to create this track so that we can get the outside lane and maybe change the kind of dirt that we got in there because you know they got to take it all out and put it back in in the fall or the spring next year. So maybe use a different kind of dirt. Maybe allow it to have more moisture in it to build the cushion up by the wall and get the high line in. But I just keep saying it. you got to live and learn, and I think that's definitely what they're going to do at Bristol for next year. Yeah, and I really, I, I truly hope that they don't make it a, a dirt track deal where it's it's single file restarts because at that point you're not going to sell tickets it's not going to be that exciting because that final restart 
No, unless unless Denny Hamlin put the the bump and run on Joey Logano, there is no way anyone but the first the front two were going to win that race unless something crazy happened and people wrecked each other. There was no possible way that Ricky Stenhouse was going to be able to drive up and take the lead just because it was impossible to pass all day. So, if you want, I think the hallmark of of dirt racing is the passing and the you've got someone on the low side, someone on the high side, and it's, it's different strategies. If if they don't figure out a way to keep it double file, then there's no there's no point in dirt Bristol. There there really is not. Yeah, I but mean, you also it'll, gotta it'll, look you got guys who Truex won the truck race. That's his only dirt race that he has. So I think NASCAR should have thought it out. Like these drivers are complaining that there's dust everywhere. You need to fix this out because it's unsafe for them to be out there. I was sitting in the middle of turns three and four and couldn't see the wreck where Blaney got into Kyle Busch. It was just hard for me to see. I didn't know if there was a car outside of him or what happened until the dust cleared and I watched a replay. But like going back to my point, some of these drivers have never raced on dirt before. So there really wasn't that many cautions. You look at it, you have... Mm-mm. Four competition cautions, including like the stage breaks in that four, and then you Ten had cautions. your wrecks. But I'm, I was just saying, like the race thrown. So like half of the cautions yeah. almost were a fit NASCAR officials calling a caution, and you're gonna get your wrecks. That's what Bristol's made for. That's what this dirt track was made for, and that's what NASCAR wants. And it created a lot of storylines. But going to single file restarts, it works in other dirt tracks because there's multiple lines. When you get this, you got Denny Hamlin trying to get at a high side, Joey Logano on the bottom, and Denny just couldn't get a run. He was gapped by like six car lengths by the end of the corner, and Stenhouse was able to get mm-hmm. a nose in there and pass him. So I think the last half of the race was ruined because of the single-file restarts, and I really hope we don't get back to that. If you want to stick the dirt tracks, do it the NASCAR way. You don't have to go full world of outlaws on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I mean, I'll I'll see this and I'm going to drop it because there's nothing I can do. NASCAR's not going to listen to me. I know that. That's for sure. The fact that arguably the best dirt racer in the top 10 at the end of the race who was starting third couldn't pass the leaders in two laps, that was that's saying something. That's saying that it's not a raceable surface. There there was there was no way. I mean, it's follow the leader. There's no way to pass unless there was double file. So NASCAR, if you are listening to this, take don't don't do it again. Seriously. But I mean Ricky you Stenhouse did get up to his bumper. And turns one and two on the last lap, there was a chance for Stenhouse if he got a really good run off of two to challenge Joey Logano when he dove it in there and it ultimately didn't work out for him. So I think like the gap, the margin of victory was greater than what it could have been. Because I think if you gave Stenhouse another lap, we'd have We'd be talking about Stenhouse winning and Logano not winning. I, I really know. think Stenhouse could have got up there because he made up some serious ground once he passed Hamlin. I just, you know, I, I just don't see it happening. And I, I want as much as I enjoyed the race, and I truly did. I'll say the the first half until they switched the uh, the restart deal. I was loving the race; it was exciting. And then the second part, I was like, ah, this is whatever. I mean, the same thing with the with the truck race. It just became a normal Bristol where there's only one line, follow the leader. Uh, it's hard to pass the leader unless you send him up into the wall. So there, there's there's, there's got to be, at some point, they've got to sit down, and I know they will, 
at some point they've got to sit down and figure out how do we fix this? How do we make it to where you can run multiple lines and they've, they've got to find a way. Cause if not, there's no point in having taking away a Bristol race, which has the opportunity of being good when it's on the, uh, when it's on the regular concrete. And if they truly want a cup series race on dirt, they need to take it to an actual dirt track, whether it be Eldora, Knoxville or whatever. I don't care. Take them to the, uh, Take them to the bullring in uh, Las Vegas or even the Talladega dirt track. That would be insane. But is at some point, if it ain't going to work, quit trying to make something work. Yeah, but I think the main reason they went to Bristol is because look at the capacity of that place. I think it holds like 137,000 people. So the uh, track president ended up saying before the race, he's like, we expect a full capacity crowd here in the fall. And if that place is packed, that dirt race is just going to be even more electric. Every race at Bristol is electric. Going there in the fall, even when there was only 30-something thousand people in there, that race was exciting. The fans, it felt like a sellout crowd because of how many people there were. And I think you just pack more people into the place. And I think the dirt dirt track can sell tickets, and they see it this year. And I bet you they're going to sell out again for it next year because the racing was pretty solid. With the changes, I think they can make it perfect. But we had a bunch of like different drivers in the top 10. Stenhouse finishing second. Suarez almost winning a stage and winning the race. Ryan Newman, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones picking up another top 10. Like Eric Jones is doing stuff in the Richard Petty car that you talked about it being underfunded, but Eric Jones is a wheelman, and he's been doing great this year. That's, that's a different topic for a different time, but I th- I think – Next year, it's it's the do or die year for Bristol Dirt, because I I have no doubt that they can sell the place out, and I know I know they can. Bristol sells out all the time, even even now when tracks aren't selling out. However, if we get a race with a sold out crowd and we see a race that we saw in the third stage, it's not going to sell it again next year. Guarantee it. People aren't going to want to spend the money, drive the distance, because it's not like it's in a highly populated area like Charlotte or uh, Fort Worth. They they aren't going to drive the distance that it would take to get there to see a mediocre race. So, yeah, a packed a packed crowd is is fantastic and all, but is it sustainable? And that's the question we're going to have to see. Yeah, I don't know if it's sustainable. Hopefully, it is because it's interesting. But they threw dirt on Bristol. If you could pick any track on the NASCAR schedule right now to throw dirt on and have a dirt race, where would it be? See that that's a good question. And obviously you can't you can't put dirt on a Talladega or a uh, Daytona just because I don't I don't think it's possible in the banks. As <laughs> fun as that would be, <laughs> that'd be insane. But if I had to uh if I had to pick a track that realistically I could see them putting dirt on and it being a decent show, got to be Martinsville. We it's another half mile track, but the difference between Martinsville and Bristol is the banking. And I think that's what makes, like I said, I have no idea about dirt. I don't know how to build a track. I don't know how to maintain it. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. But just me thinking about it, I think that easily we could have multiple lines there just because, uh, I mean, we see at Eldora, there's not much banking there. So uh, dirt at Martinsville, I think you could easily have someone ripping the wall, which we would definitely see Kyle Larson doing, someone taking it easy on the inside. That would bring multiple lanes of racing. 
Uh, do do I think they would ever do it? No shot. But if I could, I would love to see dirt at Martinsville. What about you? Yeah, Martinsville is interesting. I wasn't even thinking about that. But like a bunch of the dirt tracks have lower banking, so I think they could probably get the uh, outside line working there. But you got to think short track, and I'm looking at either Phoenix or Richmond. Uh, both of the tracks haven't produced the best racing in the past couple of years, so I think it would spice it up. But I think if you go Richmond, you're going full NASCAR heat mode. They <laughs> threw dirt on Bristol, yeah. threw dirt on Richmond. But I think Richmond could benefit from it. It's not been selling near as many tickets as it has been in years past. It's constantly knocking down uh, grandstands. So I think if you want like a realistic approach and something that needs to happen, I think Richmond needs a change. Throw dirt on Richmond, and I think it overall create a pretty good race. Banking's not as bad as uh, what it is at Bristol. So I think it's worth a shot. Okay. Flip the flip the script. Uh, a track that you would put dirt on that's not realistic at all. If if I could, if I had the money and the the power to put dirt anywhere, imagine Sonoma on dirt. That would be insane. Do Sonoma on dirt, but like in the springtime, so you got the grass growing. Yeah. But then you got the dirt on tracks. So it doesn't all just look. <laughs> you just like get lost if you did it in the summer. It'd just be all brown everywhere. <laughs> you could what just, if it was what if it was sand all right or maybe I mean, just what, what dye the uh dye the dirt do like a crazy color like green yeah just like neon yeah, if monster, green if monster was still the the sponsor that'd be pretty solid to have the green track i think it'd be Bad pretty cool to like have uh, daytona and dirt maybe just the corners and dirt straightaways oh and God. pavement so you're just like drifting and everything around the corners but then you're like bump drafting and everything down the straights i think that'd be electric i don't know how you i don't know how you would transition from (laughs) from drafting on the straights to dirt in the corners like i feel like one or two cars might be in the fence take this all the way up the bank put dirt tracks on dirt tires on the rear put asphalt tires on the front and just go for it i don't know if that would work at all but if we saw that just like drifting around Daytona, I think that'd be sweet. That would be insane. Or what if they did a uh, like a like a Baja 500 type deal where you're you're just racing through the desert and you had like a little water feature where you go through this massive uh, puddle on the backstretch of Daytona, kind of like <laughs> a uh, you, you you know like the Griffin at uh, Bush Gardens when you yeah, go down yeah. the hill and you uh, you hit the water and just explodes out the sides. Imagine if there's like a uh, like a Lloyd Lake, or I think that's that's what they call it, right? Yeah, Lloyd Lake, Lake Lloyd. Lake Lloyd, yeah. What if like they they overflowed it to where there was like half an inch of water on the backstretch? I think it almost does that every time uh, NASCAR's in town. This is always raining, so just let it go out there, and that'd be interesting. Put like a slight lift on the cars, and then like. Soup up the suspension so they can take the jumps and stuff. Screw that. I'll take I'll take that over the road course clash any day of the week. Okay, what if what if it was a uh like a triathlon, but it, the uh the cars also doubled as boats. So you had like an uh, like an in, in an inboard motor 
So you you take it into the lake and you're floating and you just hit the motor and you speed across there like a speedboat, then get back on the uh, get back on the banks. It's like a big chicane on the backstretch, but through uh, Lake Lloyd. It'd be like a three lap race that takes five hours. Just <laughs> go. I don't into think it would take that long. You gotta yeah find like a different path through the infield to get to the <laughs> lake. You can like take the road course. Then go all the way across the lake, exit where the track, or yeah, just go and exit on the back straightaway, go do the jumps, then circle back around and do it all <laughs> over again. For yeah, take it <laughs> a ramp off t- in in, uh, in the middle of turn three and four, so you jump into the parking lot, and you head down the street, down to the beach, and then back into the track, and you jump it again. Just imagine, take, imagine, just take the wall down in three and four, and just use that. <laughs> 30 degree bank and just shoot up and then launch just hope you yeah don't and flip. then uh every every other lap you have to park your car eat a hot dog jump back in the car and then do it again for two more laps they saved the hot dog one for martinsville you have to eat at least five martinsville dogs before you finish every pit stop you have to eat a hot dog and you're not allowed to leave the pits until you eat that hot dog <laughs> with chili like all all the way it's like a it's a full-blown martinsville hot dog so got God forbid we have a vegan in the field or a vegetarian. Last one with a clean fire suit wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Talk about a uh, make. I mean, dude wipes could literally sponsor the race. The dude wipes five hundred at Martinsville Road Course. Yeah, and instead of the grandfather clock, you just give away a gold plate toilet. <laughs> now that'd be something. The dude wipes hot dog toilet five hundred. You know, I think we're on to something like, you know, Tony Stewart's doing his own race league now, but imagine that we just have these, we'll call them wacky races. Take after that TV show from way back in the day. Let's just buy all the different... old, like, Gen 6 cars when they get the next-gen car, and then we start our own racing league. Yeah, and we could just do whatever the heck we want. See? There we go. We already got dirt, the idea. Dirt at Bristol? No. We're looking we're gonna, for sponsors, we're, we're gonna so uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the uh, – this series let us know behind behind the wall wacky races or behind the wacky races <laughs> i don't uh, think you can make that work super cool racing series.com uh car association presented by rowdy energy and dano seasoning there we go that's actually not bad all right well let's go ahead and uh before we get way way off topic even though we kind of are let's talk about our power uh power rankings going into uh martinsville next next weekend we're off this weekend for easter so we don't have a podcast next week but since it's just us two let's go ahead and uh we'll do we'll go one at a time so we'll do uh we'll both say our first pick second pick blah 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 we'll see uh how they how they uh gear up with each other uh and we can debate because we usually only we we debate this over text but we've never done this on the podcast and usually josh and i this is this is weird because we usually don't agree on much but for some reason this podcast we seem to agree on everything i hate it it needs to change this this might get a little saucy no no holds barred wait till your 10th spot i already know what i'm coming for Hmm. all right number one kyle larson I got Kyle Larson too. He's been just straight oh. up good everywhere. Dude, quit agreeing with me! Oh my goodness, please. I'm copying you like Adam. Okay, yeah, copycat Adam. All right, 
Number two, another L, Logano. Oh, I got to disagree. Denny Hamlin, he's been on fire all season. First in points on by fire. a mile. Finished second this, this week. He's going to win a race soon, so I got to put him second. Finished second this week? He finished third, might be. Mm. Fact check. You are fake news. Uh, number three, Chase Elliott for me. Ooh, Martin Truex Jr. I did move Truex up. Truex is my four. Uh, my four is Joey Logano. He moved up from, I think, the sixth spot this week. Yeah, I, I don't remember where I had Logano at last week, but he's he's definitely jumping. He He's obviously the best the best Penske car right now. Um, I'd say Blaney second, Kes third. But uh, that actually is perfect transition into number five, Ryan Blaney. Ooh, you got Blaney there. I got another B, William Byron. Uh, already got a win, finished sixth this weekend. Super versatile driver. I think he's a good fit in the number five spot. Who's who's number six for you? Uh, Ryan Blaney. He's yeah, been pretty we've, solid. We've finished top ten this week. So yeah. he's just on an uptrend. I've got I've got Blaney. I'm I'm sorry, Byron and six, Hamlin and seven. You know I haven't I haven't truly been impressed with Hamlin so far. I know he's good, but. I don't think he's top five material quite yet. He hasn't he hasn't seemed to dominate at the front of the field so far in the way he has in the past. So I definitely think that the the six ahead of him are in a better position right now than Denny Hamlin. Okay, I'm gonna give mine. I got Chase Elliott here, but how do you say Denny Hamlin is a what seventh place driver? Dude is first in points by right now by. 58 points over second place Joey Logano. That's almost a full race if Logano were to win both stages and the race. Consistency I just, wins I'm just championships. Feeling it, dude. Who, who picked the champion last year? Uh, it don't matter. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it don't matter. Just respect respect the process. Hamlin's going to move up. I'm just, I'm just not ready to move him up yet. I don't, I don't know if he moved up or down. I think he moved down this week, but whatever. You're crazy. Uh, number eight for me, Brad K. Third uh, third best Penske driver. What about you? Uh, you're going to hate me on this one. I got Alex I Bowman coming. in the mm. eighth spot. I think he's uh, obviously didn't run that great this week, finished 22nd, but he was up there battling for the lead. Uh, in the first stage before he had his transmission issues. If it wasn't for bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. But I think overall, despite if he didn't have the luck he had, I think he's a solid eighth-place driver. But I got Brad in the ninth spot. So off an 11th-place finish this weekend, I think he can come up here. He's won at Richmond last year, really good at Martinsville, and the short track program for Penske is really solid. I agree. All right, number nine for me, Kurt Busch. He's he's been solid up until this point all season. He's had his his he I think he wrecked, he's wrecked out of races uh, like last week, and then for a guy that's never raced on dirt, I did not expect him to be very good this week. That's why he moved down in the rankings for me. I think I had him at seven last week. Uh, still waiting to see something from Kurt. Still believe in him. I think he's he's definitely got the team to do it. I think he's in a rough patch here, especially with dirt because he's not a dirt guy. But as the season moves on, I think he'll move back up as well. 
Who you got, number 10? I got Christopher Bell. Same with Larson. Didn't have the week that I think anybody expected him to have, but he was running third early in the race. I think got up to second before his incident with Kyle Larson. He's been running good. He's already got a win. I think he's going to just get more wins here in the future. So we'll definitely go up from 10 here in the next couple weeks. Number 10 for me, moved down once again. Austin Dillon, I still think he's he's top 10 worthy. Uh, once I mean, I, I thought he ran fine this weekend for a guy who's, you know, he's he's got dirt experience, but first time on Bristol dirt, like a lot of drivers, we didn't see much from them. Uh, I'm still, I, I still, I, I believe it. I believe that he's, he's a solid 10. Um, I do find it interesting, though, that we're seven, almost eight weeks into the season, and Harvick is not in our top 10. Do you think that's, do you think that's worrisome for him? I think like it's he's like he's for, paying attention to our power rankings. Uh, per a source, Kevin Harvick does listen to the Behind the Wall podcast every week, and he's kind of mad we talk so low on him, but he's deserving it this year. I think Stuart Oss as a whole is deserving it. We haven't seen Chase Briscoe, Harvick, Custer, and Almirola struggling bad. I think he finished like thirty eighth this week, so I think it's worrisome not only for Kevin Harvick but Stuart Haas Racing as a whole. Because if they don't pick this up, Harvick's not going to make the playoffs. And Mm-mm. he's struggling to finish top 15, let alone top 10 in uh, battle for wins. So I don't know when this will turn around. He hasn't been the best at Richmond. He hasn't been the best at Martinsville. But I think we look at the summer tracks and see where he can be dominant. We go to Darlington, a place where he won last year. We got two races at Pocono back-to-back. You got Michigan. You got tracks that he can win at. So I think... If he doesn't win by the end of May, he needs to go in panic mode, and he's just got to – him and Rodney Childers just have to push for wins, and they're going to take some aggressive strategy calls and try to make it on gas if we have fuel mileage races. So it's different not seeing Kevin Harvick dominate because I feel like ever since his championship year, he's kind of always been running up front, and it's weird to see him run in the back. So a really consistent driver – consistently running in the back this year when you're used to seeing him up front it's kind of strange yeah really strange I, I definitely do think that at this point in the season Almirola has got to be sweating because he has been awful this year and whether it's just bad luck or what I mean you can call it what you want but he is he's not run well so I, I do not I do not see Almirola in this ride next year I think Smithfield's been saving in the past couple of years right now he's 28th in points uh, right above Corey LaJoy, but behind his teammate Chase Briscoe. And we talked about Chase Briscoe not having a good year. Chase Briscoe is 16 points ahead of Eric Amarola, so it just really puts in perspective how bad Eric Amarola is performing this year. You got Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez. Suarez and Bubba both in new teams, and they're outperforming Stuart Haas Racing, a team that's shown they can win championship. Ryan Priest, a guy who doesn't even have a charter, going in there, and he's in 18th place. He could possibly make the playoffs this year. So Almarola, Briscoe, Custer, they all need to get it together because if they want to remain in their rides and uh, Almarola especially, if Smithfield's going to stick with them, he's got to start performing and putting that car up front and be seen instead of only being seen when it's involved in wrecks. Yeah, I agree 100%. This is this is um look at this we it's just us two on the podcast and we seem to agree on everything so i think the other two are trying to like put a divide between us to where it sounds like we always disagree 
I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think they like. I don't the have anyone to roast. Adam and Jay don't want to argue, so they're like, uh, we just gotta make Josh and Henry do it every week. Yeah, like I used to love roasting you, but it's I, I it's I just like roasting Adam more. It's easier. Mm. He's it, like a low hanging fruit. Yeah, he doesn't say anything back, so he just kind of takes it. He, he's like really slow to come up with comebacks too. So like, by the time you say it, you can already start on something else, and he's still trying to like roast you five minutes later. Yeah, I mean, you roast him, and all you hear is, "Really, gah." <laughs> those are the those are the only two words he knows how to or what to respond with when he gets roasted. So he's he's definitely easy, but definitely miss him. Uh, we don't. I don't think we're gonna have anyone to roast with Dark Horse and Rowdy takes. But let's go ahead and get into it. Josh, do the deal. Now we're gonna get into our Dark Horses and Rowdy takes presented by Rowdy Energy. Try one of their six flavors: sour green apple, peach mango, and my personal favorite, cherry limeade. Visit RowdyEnergy.com or the link in our bio to get the official energy drink of Kyle Bush. Last week, my hot take. And behind the wall hit. media. Oh, yeah. Behind the wall media. Visit our website. Got a lot of cool content coming out soon. But my hot take did not hit last week. I mentioned it early in the pod. Can't even remember who my dark horse was. I think it was Austin Dillon. And uh, he performed all right. But uh, we're talking Martinsville. One of my favorite tracks. So I'm going to say Ryan Priest is a good dark horse. Race Modifieds there. One of the best modified racers actively uh, still racing. So I think he can uh, he can be really good there. And hot takes for Martinsville. I don't know. It's tough. i say we see Timbers. Take, by the way. Oh, Rowdy takes. I uh, keep messing that up. I drink too much, so my mind's kind of going all over the place right now, so I can't think straight. <laughs> Mind is humming. <laughs> but I think tempers are going to flare and overflow from uh, Bristol. So I think we're going to see, I, th- I say 10 cautions. We're going to see a lot of wrecks, people getting back at each other. It, you hop from short track to short track, and you keep the mentality of you, you remember what's going on. So... 10 cautions in the cup race, and Ryan Priest is the dark horse. All right. My dark horse, it's – I had to think about it because the guy who I want to say dark horse, I have actually winning the race, so I got to come up with a different dark horse. But I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez. He's going to find a way to keep the momentum from Bristol Dirt. Uh, granted, they don't have the greatest car out there, but short tracks, road courses, I guess dirt now the greatest equalizer so i think they're gonna find a way to run up front most of the day he ain't gonna win but he'll run top 10 dark horse though a little trivia for you the last time we had seven seven different race winners in the first seven races of the season who won at martinsville uh, wasn't it 2013 uh i don't know you're, 2013 you're asking 20, trivia and you don't even know. 2014, I think. Uh, was it Brad K? No. Yeah, I think it was 2014 because that was the year uh, Junior won the 500. Oh, yeah, I remember that year. Uh, but I do not remember who won at Martinsville. All right. Well, I'm, this is solely based on I know he can win there. And, you know, it, history seems to repeat itself. So... 
We're going to have an eighth different winner this season at Martinsville. At the end of the race, the man who will be not hoisting the clock, but standing next to it and admiring it, Kurt Busch, KB1. Oh, my God. He was the last. He, back in 2014, he was the one who won Martinsville. He, he can do it. He's run well in the past. I think this is a good opportunity for him to get a win early on in the season. Uh, I'd love to see it. I think it'd be fun, uh, especially if this ends up being his last season. It'd be good to get him a win and another grandfather clock, but we have to wait and see. Like I said earlier, we're off next week since we don't have any races, so make sure you uh, hang out with your family if you're around them. Give them a hug. Eat some good food. It's Easter. Find some chocolate eggs. Eat some, uh, eat some chocolate. Heard Danos is good on egg. chocolate eggs. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt that one bit. Danos is good on everything. I need to add that to the intro. But eat some, uh, eat some Reese's eggs because Reese's they're good, but they're even better when they're, when they're in the shapes, like eggs, Christmas trees, pumpkins. Oh, hearts. I totally agree with you on that. The eggs are the best. Something ones. about it. That are the Christmas Something trees. Something about it hits different. Yeah, I agree. But uh, make sure you eat, eat a bunch of candy. Get ready because two weeks, Martinsville. Is it the STP 500? What are they calling it? Oh, I have no idea. They change it every year. They've had it. They've had it pretty. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, relieves pain and you won't stink. So hopefully race won't stink, but. We'll be back after Martinsville, but until then, thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Josh Slate, I'm Henry Hobbs, and we'll see you next time.